This is the Decahedron Podcast with Joe and James, two old dudes talking about RPG stuff. Hi, James. Hi, Joseph. Ah, it's been a couple weeks since recorded. I had to work my supposed part-time job last weekend, so we didn't get to record. So how was your couple weeks? Uh, busy. I had to has had problems with the computer, so I had to go and get a new one. I'm going to have to fight with the old one and see what's going on. Well, good luck with that. Do anything fun other than fighting with computers? Uh, not really. Just arts and craft shows lately. Yeah, that is not my definition of fun by any means, but hey, to each their own. Um, I went to see a movie a couple weeks ago, see how they run. Pretty funny, pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, funny little Agatha Christie type whodunit. Uh, seems like it's based on Mousetrap. It was, I liked it. I haven't seen previews on that one yet. Yeah, it was kind of low-key. I only happened to see that it was in theater, watch the preview. I was like, okay, that looks like it could be fun. By the way, I'm starting a timer this week right there. When that goes off, we are done because I don't like those long episodes. <laughs> I find it more fun. Anyway, uh, this week it's OSR October. So we are going to talk about what is the OSR? Because that's one of those things that everybody seems to have their own answer to. Originally, I wanted to put this episode out last week, but like I said, I was working the other job, so we didn't get to record. So I'm going to push it over to you, James. I suspect we're going to match a lot about this, by the way, because I think I'm the one that introduced you to the OSR. Not sure, but I think I did. Anyway, what does the OSR mean to you? I am not 100% sure. But original content is what I think the easiest answer is. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, nobody knows for sure. And those that do just know for sure for themselves. I mean, even the letters, OSR, there is no agreement what they stand for. Everyone agrees that O is old and S is school. But when you get to the R, people have different opinions. (laughs) So what is your opinion? Well, rather than telling me my opinion, let me tell you what everybody thinks. And then I'll tell you which one of those I like. So some people think OSR is old school renaissance. Some people think it's old school revival. Some think it's old school role playing. Those are the three big ones. And I think renaissance and revival kind of mean the same thing anyway. Of those, I like the word renaissance better. So I say old school renaissance. Well, I think it's just that with, and I'll just say any of these editions, it's just... Every year, it seems like there's more books out that you have to go through to try to make a character, and it's just way too much reading. That's why I think they like to go old school for a simple answer. Oh, yeah. So then that's going to bring us to what is the the OSR, the the old school renaissance. And I'm going to say it is, actually, I want to say it's born out of people's frustrations with uh, the old grognage, as they call themselves, which is an old wargaming term. But um, when 3E came out, 3E changed a lot of things, and a lot of people wanted their old role-playing back. And they were like, hey, one of the great things about 3E is that it's published under the open gaming license, so we can use their words and try to recreate the old games. And the first one was one called Osaric, which was a recreation of first edition AD&D. Lots of work, took lots of guts on their part because they didn't know Watsi was going to try to sue them and shut them down. Um, but they did it, and that kind of opened the floodgates for everything else. But yeah, so a lot of people think that the OSR is mainly recreations of old D&D. My definition is a little broader. I think it's 
any gaming done in a pre-1980, so 1970s style, more relying on rules than ruling. Uh, by the way, 70s versus 80s is perfectly arbitrary line. Uh, <laughs> but True. I think that includes things like first edition AD&D. You get that all the way out by then. Um, and things like the fantasy trip, which really starts that new feeling gaming, that middle age there. Um, those are all like the 80s. So I think it's a pretty good dividing line. But yeah, so I like to include all the 70s games, though, because I would consider Traveler to be very OSR style gaming. And by there, it's only recreations of the original D&Ds. That would leave that out. And there's other games that go in there. Uh, I'm trying to the, remember, is Pathfinder before the, um, just after the 80s? Or is that early 90s? Pathfinder is like 2010s, my friend. Um, oh, so I'm way out of date on that then. <laughs> but, but, but Pathfinder was when 4th edition came out. Paizo said, but people still want to play 3rd edition. So they pretty much took the OGL and just made 3rd edition under the name Pathfinder. Only they improved it somewhat. Definitely not my style of game. Far too much math. Far <laughs> too many rules. Far too many books. Then you hated 4th edition worse because I found that way too hard to play. To be honest, I can't say how I feel about 4th edition. I, D&D is kind of like uh, Star Trek for me, only in reverse. The odd numbers and the even numbers. I've only seen the odd numbers, the even numbers. Uh, second edition AD&D, I was out of the AD&D scene by then. I moved on to GURPS, actually. And uh, fourth edition, I, I have the books, but um, I get to like the third page and it starts talking about DPSers and tanks and healers. I'm like, I'm out. And so I just stop and I can't get past that paragraph. So, Well, uh, well all they're trying to do there is make a well-rounded team. That's what's always been a problem with with the game there's people who want to be the fighters magic users but there's never a well-rounded party where you have every class there is the easiest way to say it. does that make sense yeah but i think that is fine i think i think that is one of the jobs of a good gm is to make the adventure for the party not an exact match i mean if they need a thief and they don't have a thief you can either rewrite the adventure or you can have them go hire a thief which i think is far more interesting a whole lots of role play there how much do you trust this nbc thief that you hired for money hmm. so <laughs> and being a thief wouldn't would trust him far less no exactly that was that was kind of my point but the original to the current I will say there are pluses and minuses to all of them. Nope, nope. You you won't say that at all because we're getting off track. This topic is what is the OSR? <laughs> um, <laughs> nice try. Yeah, so the, the OSR is an attempt to recreate earlier gaming, focusing on rulings over rules for the most part, recreating early D&D for the most part, but there are exceptions, and I like those exceptions. One of my favorites is, what is it called, James? I'm not sure where you're going with that. <sighs> Dang it. Oh, it's called... Tunnel Quest, which is kind oh. of a recreation of Tunnels and Trolls, only made it a little more modern. Yeah, anyone who just said, tries to say that Tunnels and Trolls doesn't old school role playing clearly doesn't know what they're talking about. I am oh. a uh, big Tunnels and Trolls fan. I think D&D is superior to AD&D, and I think Tunnels and Trolls in many ways is superior to D&D, um, except 
catch me on a different day, I might have a little different feelings. There's some wonkiness about it here and there that sometimes it sways me one way and sometimes it doesn't. But that's my opinion. Out of all the games you have played, tell me there is any that doesn't have some wonky aspect to it. Rhesus? But that could be because it's so short that it, it can't have wonkiness. Or that's all wonky. And so uh, it's it's on the review list. We'll be doing a review of it at one point. And it's brilliant because it's only like eight pages long. Um, so you mean I'll be able to read it in a day? Easily. Anyway, uh, what, is the, what else did I want to say about the OSR, Jay? Oh, I want to say the other really cool thing about the OSR is that a lot of people that do it aren't in it to make a billion dollars or something. They're in there for their love of the hobby, much like our podcast. And uh, so they're just doing it because they love it and they give those stuff away for free. And it's not crap stuff that they're putting out for free. It's amazing, high quality stuff. Like I said, Osaric, brilliant quality. Again, it's first edition AD&D, so not my thing. I wouldn't play it. But you can't argue with the, the quality of the writing and the rules. Swords and Wizardry, which is sort of a creation of the original D&Ds, depending on which edition you're going for. They have different versions of Swords and Wizardry. High quality, excellently written. Um, uh, old School Essentials, excellent quality. Although I'm not sure you can get that one for free, so I'm going to leave that one out. Uh, but the oh, Basic Fantasy, which is not a retro clone, but it's definitely old school in feel. Um, free, excellently written. So Yeah, but there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of people who are not here to make the money it's a love of the game to play but sometimes it just gets out of hand and gets taken over by the bigger a bigger entity it just doesn't stop and it's odd is the way i'm going to say it i'm not sure if i'm getting this across correctly but there are people who start to do this as a love of the game and all of a sudden i need to make money well i think right there you have the history of tsr uh, yes Right, Dave Arneson, Gary Gygax, they didn't set out to become millionaires. They set out to write their game, and it caught on. And because it was selling so much, uh, you know, destroyed their partnership. It pretty much destroyed. Anyway, um, but yeah, did, it did, became about the money and not about the game. And that's where you get first edition AD and D. Yeah, you caught that. <laughs> and what other original games? You mentioned Traveler. Is it was there anything really anything other than medieval games back then that people did? Gamma World. Yeah, that was still after the original. That didn't come in till D and D had already been established. Well, D and D was the very first game to sure. be published, right? Uh, if you go back, D and D was kind of based on Brownstone, which was kind of an old West, but they're both based on Braunstein, which was sort of a World War II uh, in a village uh, war game type thing. So, eh. uh, so nothing's going to come before D and D, but after D and D, still in that early pre nineteen eighty periods, uh, you get that sudden splatter, and you get all the genres. Uh, but again, we're getting well, no, because that's still old school gaming. But the OSR, like I said, I love it. Lots of great, high-quality free products. I like free products not because I'm cheap, um, but because oh, I don't come like on. because I don't like to burden my players with expense. Hey, I found this really neat game. Let's play it. By the way, you need to buy a copy, and it's going to cost you one hundred and fifty dollars. I'm not going to do that. Whereas, hey, there's a free PDF over there. You can go legally grab it and read it for the game. That yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, but. Um... Sometimes 
the games you have to pay for are better in some ways. I understand what you're saying, but you share the book. Yeah, but see, a lot of the role-playing these days is online, and it's hard to do that over Roll20. True, and there are several other sites that do it. I, I've checked them out, but haven't played on them yet. Oh, yeah, but that, that kind of thing. You know, when you're playing online, it's it, you can't pass the book across the table. <laughs> no, you cannot. It's copy and paste it. And <laughs> what is your uh, – is there anything else on no, the old think- guys? I think we pretty much uh, covered what is the OSR. Uh, I'll summarize um, recreating old old field games. Um, a lot of it is for free, which is awesome. A lot of high-quality stuff, not like fan website stuff that you might expect to find, but it's really high high-quality, well-written stuff. Uh, after this, we are ending this episode, but James and I are going to stay on the mic and we are going to address some of the feedback that we've received. So if you've been waiting to hear your feedback or uh, hear what we hear, the feedback we've received, uh, stick on for the next episode. And that's not even going to ne- be next week. We're going to drop that as a bonus episode uh, sometime this week. Uh, anyway, that's it for me, James. Anything else for you? Not that I can kick up, think of. Have a good day and keep playing games. Hey, and we have 14 seconds left on the timer. 12, 10. No, I'll stop it there so we don't hear obnoxious beep. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Like I said, there'll be a bonus episode with a feedback. Uh, Bye, James. Bye. You have been listening to the Decahedron Podcast. Send email to feedback at decahedron.com. Remember to spell decahedron with a K. Voice feedback can be sent through the Anchor website or by calling 562-RPG-CAST. That's 562-774-2278. Links are in the show notes. Music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, logo by DesignCat. Thanks for listening.